Welcome to the Value Investor TV podcast. My name is Beko and my partner Hari. Hello. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, we'll continue our discussion with uh, around coronavirus and how it's going to impact, uh, you know, our GDP growth. What what it's going to look like in Europe. Uh, we're also we're also going to talk about how different industry segments is going to be impacted by this coronavirus outbreak. So we'll talk about these different topics in this episode. Ari, do you want to start us off with a disclaimer, please? Yeah, this is the Value Investor TV podcast. It's a pa- podcast that helps you understand how value investing works. We are not um, financial advisors, nor do we know your specific financial situation. So please consult with an advisor before making any uh, financial decisions. Great. In the last episode, we talked, um, you know, we talked a bit about the virus itself, uh, different countries that are impacted by it, uh, the response from different countries, namely Korea and Italy. In this episode, we'll talk about kind of the economic impact of this and what that means for value investors. Uh, so, so Hari, start us off with, uh, you know, what that what this virus could mean for kind of GDP growth uh, across the world. Take us through that uh, that picture. Yeah, I think prior to this. Um you know, we were talking about some countries that were bordering on recession. And so what does that mean? Um, If you have two quarters of negative GDP growth um, is considered, a country is considered in recession. And uh, believe it or not, there were actually some countries that were in the EU that were already looking like that. Um, You know, Italy has not had significant growth um, since 2010. Um, You know, they were hit heavily by a debt crisis uh, in 2010. Um, and you know now it's looking like because of the shutdown of tourism, shutdown of a lot of different industries, um, they're going to require significant amounts of uh, liquidity into their system, which means you know buybacks of bonds or pumping the you know lowering the interest rate, which is already negative, um, into the economy to get people to start uh, investing. Um, and obviously, Italy is at a point right now where they're not focused on their economy and they're focused on their public health. Um, but you know you're looking at countries like Germany and stuff also who are at the beginning of this uh, outbreak. Um, it's going to have a significant impact on them too, and it's it's going to be hard because you know we're shutting down a lot of uh, travel, um, we're shutting down public gatherings, you know, sporting events that uh, you know put them in a significant amount of money into the economy are going to be shut down. Uh, anything that's a mass gathering, so any public events, uh, festivals, that kind of stuff, are being closed. Uh, concerts, everything. So you're seeing a lot, you know, this is not going to be, you know, it's not going to be isolated to just travel and tourism. It's going to be, you know, hitting uh, large swaths of the economy. And in some cases, like in South Korea, they've shut down anything that's non-essential is basically done from, is working from home at this point. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you look at China, they were predicting that China would be growing at around 6% uh, and that was a fairly optimistic number, you know, starting at the beginning of the year. Um, there was a lot of things going on with the trade war that kind of China had um, and the U.S. had kind of worked out some things. Uh, but really what we were worried about was um, China had a lot of debt. They were slowing down uh, their economy. Uh, and now they have this extra uh, punch to the gut, which is going to be you know, I, I think they're going to probably go below, you know, negative growth rates uh, for at least, you know, the first quarter and probably the second quarter too, uh, depending on how quickly they ramp things up. So, so you know, kind of what does that, 
what does that mean? Um, well, I, I think you're you're probably going to see them slowly expanding. You know, you're bringing things back online. I already know. I know. You know, things in Beijing and Shanghai have already started to open up again. Um, you know, like Disneyland and things like that have kind of uh, opened up, and you know. So I, I think it'll it'll take time for the the economy to kind of get back to normal and you know things to kind of clean up. Um, so you know when we look at the U.S. though, I think we're just seeing the beginning of this, and I've already seen articles in the Wall Street Journal uh, and you know Barrons talking about how um, certain airline ind- you know airlines are already looking at job cuts. Uh, you know the uh, hospitality hotel industry is looking at job cuts. Um, you know, they're going to be reducing, uh, room rates because they can't afford, uh, to pay all their salaries and, you know, people are just not traveling much. So, um, they're slashing pricing because they, they, they're going to kind of have to, to get people to come to these hotels. Um, so you're, you're seeing a, a, it hit in various ways. Um, you know, I, I've heard that Hollywood is going to be hit with $30 billion losses this year because of uh, delays in movies that were going to be released. People are not going to be going to the theaters, so they're going to postpone releases of a lot of movies. Um, so, you know, this is going to hit lots of different areas. Um, I think travel and tourism will be the hardest hit, but I think it's going to be have an impact on everything. Yeah. And you were talking about in the first episode about forced recession. Like yeah. you have to force this recession to be able to come out of this quicker. Right. Right. And I think what, I mean, I think that summarizes what is going on right now with all these closures of sporting events, closures of events, of gatherings, of industries. You know, the one that you were going to go into, uh, go uh, in Florida, that was canceled. You know, all these South by Southwest is another example that was canceled. I mean, all like school closures and all these things, forced recession that is uh, that is going to allow us to get back uh, into the normalcy uh, soon rather than later. And what you talk about, um, you know, from that standpoint, you mentioned like layoffs and things like that. That's impacting specific industries, but that's also going to have ripple effect across multiple, you know, multiple segments. And one thing that I heard is, like for example, you lay people off from you know restaurants, and at the same time, because you know restaurants they just can't keep them on the payroll because you don't you know you don't have customers and at the same time you know these these, uh, these workers have children who are going to school but at the same time that school is also closed yep so like what do you do in that situation you stay home you know you take care of the kids but you, you don't have an income at that point so it's a it's a massive problem societally but also you know obviously economically yeah. and what's catching my eyes in this and all of this is how are people going to survive if they're totally leveraged, right? On a personal perspective, but also from the corporate perspective. Yeah, I mean, right? from I, the cor- go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to add, like, you know, from from personal perspective, if you're like totally levered, and let's say you swallowed you swallowed a house, you know, that was totally beyond your means, and you you, you know you loaded up on debt and you, you bought this house, and now you don't have any income to pay down your mortgage and you know all these things. From company's perspective, similar thing. You you, you, know, you swallowed a big acquisition with a whole bunch of money, you know, a whole bunch of debt, uh, and now you you know you can get a couple quarters of negative growth. You know, what are you gonna, what do you do with that situation, right? Yeah, it, it's certainly going to be a, a problem, and I, I think um, you know I read an article about South by Southwest in Austin, 
um, you know, that festival, I think it's a week and a half long, um, is about $380 million for the Austin economy. And, you know, there are a lot of people who are working in the hospitality industry there um, where, you know, they make less than $30,000 a year. And the the earnings that they get from tips and, and other things in South by Southwest is like five $6,000 just for that week and a half. Um, so, you know, it's a fairly significant ch- chunk of their income. And then not to mention that these restaurants will close. They may not have be able to employ anyone while they're, they're shuttered. Um, and even if they were trying to stay open, um, you know, the, the number of tips, the number of uh, people that are coming in are just going to be so low. Right. So this is going to have an impact not just on the restaurants, but think of all the companies that are, you know, you have REITs who um, are leasing these buildings to, you know, to the restaurant or to the retail store or whatever. Uh, They've got uh, debt payments that they have to, you know, have to meet um, and they're not getting rent because, you know, the restaurant has closed. So, I mean, this will impact lots of different areas. and, And I think it'll take us a long time to see that. And I think a lot of people had had levered up a lot because the interest rates were so low. And now what you're seeing is that they have no way of paying it off. Um, and so we're going to have to see what is the, uh, you know, are, are, is the federal government going to bail these companies out? Um, you know, these debts are going to be held by banks. You know, what happens if the banks can't meet their obligations also? Um, you know, and then they're going to lose all, out. So, you know, that's why you're seeing the Fed is, putting a lot of liquidity into the market, you know, a trillion dollars um, just to keep things afloat. Um, but that means that the the end consumer still has to to be going out there to make, you know, the purchase, right, in order for this all to work. Um, so, you know, I, it is going to be a very interesting, um, you know, to see what happens because I think there are a lot of people who are living, you know, with less than a couple of weeks of uh, money in their bank account and, if they are laid off, um, we're going to see things hit pretty hard, pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you got a lot of central bankers, you know, not to mention the Federal Reserve, but also many, many other central banks out there in Europe and Asia announcing these, you know, big stimulus package, you know, to, to support liquidity. And to your point, it's going to be interesting to see how that all will shake out. Yep. Um, one thing that, you know, my parents told me about what's happening in South Korea is certain parts of the country, certain ju- some jurisdiction is just straight up giving out cash to people below 50% uh, income. Yeah. So people who are below, who are making 50%. So people are bl- who are making a below average is getting, I don't know, like $200,000 straight up cash check that you have to use within a certain amount of time within certain jurisdiction mm. to basically, you know, stimulate the economy um you know kind of forcefully yeah it'll be interesting to see where where this all plays out um but you know as we are you know we're we are an investing podcast so one of the things that you can do to to be you know to to start learning about companies if you haven't already done so is send us an email info at valueinvestor.org um and get a um get a copy of our checklist to kind of help you understand what businesses are going to be successful, what businesses are going to fail as a result of um, uh, the uh, the price that we're seeing, you know, the companies have fallen, they've got a lot of debt, 
um, who is going to survive, who's not. And that's why you see us talk about a very conservative uh, ratio of free cash flow to debt. Um, you know, that's what one of the things that we look at the checklist. So you can email us info at valueinvestor.org. Or if you're also interested, you can get on our, um, you can get onto our uh, Slack channel, um, send us an email, same, uh, same email, info at valueinvestor.org. Get on our Slack channel and ask questions of the community, ask questions of us. Um, you know, we have a fairly lively discussion that's going on all the time. Uh, people post uh, great articles. Um, they have investment ideas. Um, people are vetting things, uh, asking questions. So it's a great place for you to get on um, and take a look at stuff. So I, I would highly encourage you to do that. You can, you know, while you're listening right now, just get on, open up your browser and send us an email because uh, I think it'll be very, very good for you. And, you know, if you had been sitting on cash for a while, you know, we're now starting to see some bargains open up uh, in the market. Um, there are some companies that have been hit very, very hard, like the cruise line industry. Um, the uh, airline industry is one that's been hit very hard. And we'll talk about, uh, you know, Southwest Airlines in the next episode, because I think a lot of people really liked that company. And I, I like that company, too. Um, and we're seeing some discounts uh, in the in the market. Um, and I, I think there's going to be ripple effects into a lot of different areas. Um, think about um, home building, people are probably going to hold off on larger purchases. Um, and so we're probably going to see some discounts in uh, NVR, another company we'll talk about uh, in the uh, in the next episode. One company that we've talked about and everybody likes. Um, and then, you know, look at the, uh, you know, retailer uh, Ulta uh, was a company that we had talked about uh, on the podcast. And, uh, you know, we thought it was a, as a great business, but it was too expensive. Um, so, I, you know, there's a lot of things to be to like about you know this never let a crisis go to waste as an investor right you know we obviously hope that the uh the the mortality is um held to a very you know low number and you know everybody is safe and healthy but um that doesn't mean that we can't you know also use this opportunity to buy uh stocks for cheap uh, and so mm -hmm. you know i i think becco it's probably good for us to kind of hone in on the debt part of the checklist um, and maybe talk a little bit about that. Um, so, you know, uh, why don't you, why don't you kind of tell us a little bit about what do we look for in the checklist around uh, debt? Yeah. So let's just pull out the checklist really, really quick. Um, give me one second. So as Harry mentioned, if you guys don't have the checklist, please uh, email us at info at valueinvestor.org. We'd be happy to send them to you. So the checklist break, you know, the large breakdown of the checklist is, is kind of fourfold. We first talk about the business. So the first segment really trying to do a deep dive into does the competitive, is, is there a, a competitive advantage of this company? So that's the really the core crux of the first part. The second part is financials. And here is where we talk about the debt part. And then the third is management. And then the fourth is valuation. But here, let's just talk about the financials here really quick. So we asked three questions. First is, does the company have enough cash to maintain its business? Second question, does the company maintain reasonable debt levels? And three, can the company generate a strong amount of free cash flow from operations? So we talk about all, we talk about uh, these three questions. And in ways, you know, the second question really asks directly uh, to you know, the, the, the level of debt that the company has. But 
all three questions are in a way uh, directly or indirectly related to the debt level, right? So in terms of the debt level, the metric that we really want to look at is um, debt, uh, uh, free cash, debt to free cash flow ratio. Uh, and that has to be below three. What that means is you should be able to pay off your debt with free cash flow within three years. That's what that means. And if you're seeing that number go up, you know, that's, that's something, that's a red flag for us, right? You want to, you want to be able to maintain that, that threshold of three, preferably below three. Um, but that's kind of where we stand in terms of debt level. Um, obviously this is coming from free cash flow, right? So, you, you know, the, the third question of does the company generate a strong amount of free cash flow from operations? You want to be able to answer that question um, as it relates to that level as well. And so that's kind of the, I mean, that's kind of uh, where we look at. There's also the kind of short-term liquidity problem. We, we also look at the current ratio to be able to see if the, if the you know, if the company's able to finance their short-term debt needs or short-term capital needs rather, uh, things like that. But those are kind of high level what we look for uh, in terms of debt. Uh, that's really relevant to the checklist. Yeah. The other thing that you want to look for is if a company has um, certain covenants related to their debt. So what does a covenant mean? It's that they have to maintain a certain ratio of earnings uh, or, you know, um, uh, it may be EBITDA, which is, as we know, is not a, a real metric, but that may be how their covenant is written. Um, in order for them to, um, for the bondholder to continue to allow them to pay them interest, if they drop below that, the covenant may allow the bondholder to call in the debt, which means that the, uh, the company may have to liquidate their business or may have to, um, uh, you know, renegotiate their debts or something like that. So this is typically is a catalyst that forces a negotiation between the two companies. Um, sometimes that negotiation is already pre-negotiated as part of the covenant, in which case, uh, you know, you may see a huge dilution, you may see huge changes in the business structure. So, you know, we want to be something that is conservatively financed, that businesses are going to be very careful um, about how they look at stuff. Um, and and typically the businesses that are at the highest risk are the ones that lose the most money in the um, in this market. Um, and and so you have to be real careful that, oh, look, it's a real bargain. It's lost 80% of its value. Well, that 80%, you know, maybe the market is actually right about this stock and it may actually be wiped out. Um, and, you know, in a, in a bankruptcy, typically the investors get nothing, right? It's the, the debt holders that get everything. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I want to be cautious, you know, be very cautious about how you look at uh, these companies because there are businesses that are conservatively financed. Uh, you know, if you look at a company like Skechers, which is a company we've talked about, um, you know, they have a very large cash position, you know, somewhere between 800 and a billion dollars uh, for a company that's, you know, only has a market cap, uh, you know, around 3 billion. Um, and, you know, when they come down in price, that may be an opportunity to buy that you didn't get, you know, uh, you know, previously owning this company. Uh, you know, and you look yeah. you look at companies like um, uh, Southwest Airlines, where uh, a lot of their planes are actually financed through debt. Right, uh, they're going to have a very large debt level, um, but they also have a large amount of assets that allow them to sell some of the planes if they need to to pay down their debt. So you want to be real careful about these because 
a lot of people gloss over it because they they want to look for the the high flying business, the company that does a lot of things, uh, you know, does a lot of things well, um, but they they ignore the debt level. And you know, one of those companies that I've always admired, I've talked a lot about on the podcast is Disney. Um, but you know, in order to finance their acquisition for their streaming service, they they took on seventy billion dollars in debt uh, uh, for to, to buy the assets of Fox, uh, and so. I would be real careful, right, looking at these things and saying, well, they're going to be paying that off. And, you know, in the case of Disney, it's a billion dollars a year in uh, interest expense that's being created just from that debt level. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to add just the kind of round out what you've discussed. You know, like the in, in situations like this, debt is what really kills the companies, right? It's the, the the greed that took over and you've over levered yourself as a company and now you can't pay back the debt and you know people are calling back your debt. And uh, so like Hari said, you gotta be really careful with these companies and you know, time to focus on the time to focus on the balance sheet is now. Right. You gotta really be careful about the balance sheet and what that looks like. Uh, yep. you know, for a short term liquidity problem, but also a long term liquidity problem. Um so got to really pay attention to, uh, to the balance sheet. Um, and you, you know, you talked about, you talked about Disney as, as an example of you know, using debt to buy all these, all these assets. And if you, if you know that these assets will generate a, you know, plenty of cash flow that you, you know, you're able to pay, pay these uh, assets, pay these debts off with, uh, with ca you know, cash flow that are generated from these assets, I think that's could be a reasonable purchase. But I think another good example of of that of of companies being a little greedy and buying companies that isn't generating much earnings or cash flow is the company that we we talked about wex right we talked about them going into the acquisition spree going into the healthcare industry trying to buy up the healthcare practice here and there and you know healthcare practice as we mentioned in the podcast wasn't doing so well in terms of the in terms of you know uh, the earning power so yeah. You gotta, you gotta. I mean, there's a. It's, it's as with anything. It's hard to draw, you know, blanket statement over all these companies. You gotta really do your homework and, and try to find, uh, try to find the real story. As Harry mentioned in the previous episode, try to find the truth in all these different companies. Yep. Sounds good. Uh, you mentioned a couple names, uh, which we will discuss in the next episode. We talked about Southwest Airlines. We talked about MVR. We talked about. Uh, lastly, we talked about Alta Alta Beauty. Um, so let's talk about that in the next episode. Um, and before we do that, do you have any comments to add to close out this this episode? Yeah, no. I I think the the important thing is there are a lot of people who are losing their head right now, right? And they're not they're uh, and they're panicking because they don't have an anchor towards you know value they just the market is selling so i'm gonna sell um right and you know the 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 old adage of buy low and sell high right right now what you're seeing is people selling low and buying high right and that's what a lot of these businesses that have have kind of made it through this um have done um you know people are telling me that uh, oh amazon will be fine um you know netflix will be fine people are at home they're going to be watching movies and stuff like that you know, 
that may be true, but I, I think what you're going to see is that these businesses will be affected too, right? People aren't going to be buying a bunch of stuff on Amazon when you know they can't go to work anymore, right? And and they're worried about their finances. They're going to cut their spending too. Now maybe it'll be affect Amazon less, um, and people will be cutting their spending from their local stores. I don't know, right? But you know these are the kind of things that you need to start doing the the homework and keeping that watch list um, going. And I think you're going to see bargains if you haven't already. Um, and that's why it's really important to follow the checklist, uh, take notes, look at as many companies as you can, uh, spend as much time as you can. Uh, you're you maybe quarantined at home too. Um, so instead of just sitting there and watching Netflix, maybe you should be looking at some companies and trying to evaluate which ones will be good if they hit a certain price threshold, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And uh, we we can help you with some aspect of that. Yeah. This podcast. Well, so. and if you get on the Slack channel and you want to ask us questions about individual companies, we, we are happy to answer them. We as a policy do not uh, make stock recommendations. Um, you know, as we said, even though our disclaimer is very generic about being financial advisors, um, we want people to actually learn how to do this. Right. And the best way to learn is to do the work yourself and make mistakes and understand uh, those mistakes. And, you know, I, I, I know it may be like, well, just give me the answer and then I can, you know, get out of your way. <clears throat> I would rather spend 30 minutes answering a question and helping you than I would giving you spending a minute and giving you the answer. Right. I, I think it's very important that, you know, no matter where you end up um, in this, this is a lifelong thing. You're not going to be having access to Becco and me forever. Right, so learning how to do this correctly is really important. The more time you spend doing it, the better you will get at it, um, and the better you get at it, you know, the more independence you will have from from you know your job from everything else, right? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and the more fun you'll have with it, because then your discussion will not be which company should I buy; it'll be oh, I found these twenty different companies. Now I need to start sifting through which one is the best five that I should be looking at. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it's a, you know, it's it's a, like you said, it's a lifelong journey and it's a lifelong journey, not only in investing, but also a lifelong journey in learning how to invest. Yep. So it's not something that you'll just pick up, you know, in a day. It right. Take time. Yep. Awesome. Thanks a lot, uh, guys, for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks. Thanks.